vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs who are often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to our next interview. I love doing these interviews because not only do we get to talk about marketing, not only do we get to talk about business, I love it when we have a chance to talk about marketing techniques that I really feel that many of you out there might be struggling with, might be having a hard time kind of getting your arms around. And I really believe content marketing is one of those things because content marketing can sound like everything marketing at times. And it can also sound like blogs that we all know and love. So what I'm hoping we'll do today is we'll break it down. We have an expert here on the line with us today to not only talk about what is content marketing, but also what we should be thinking about as vegan business owners, as entrepreneurs, as individuals who ultimately want to better serve our customers and our community. How can we use content to do that? But at the same time, how do we balance these scales? Because we don't always control the distribution. You know, we're sometimes at the mercy of sites like Google. We're at the mercy of other tools that are sometimes filtering our data or making it hard for us to reach people. So we have to not only talk about how it works, but also how content marketing exists out there in the world that we all live in. So I'm hoping we dive into that. And I'm also hoping to pick our guests, our guests' brain a little bit on what are some of the trends and what's moving, um, what's happening moving forward. So as you can see, I'm all excited. I can't wait to get into this topic. So let me just say welcome. Thank you so much, Teresa Sam, for being with me today. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much for taking some time to, to talk content marketing. Well, thanks for having me, Stephanie. I'm going to, I think I'm going to really enjoy this one. (laughs) Oh, I'm so, so, so glad. So before we dive into the details, into the marketing, into all that good stuff, let's ground everyone. Let's talk about your business, your brand. Let's talk about the modern kind of health nerd brand that you've built. Let's talk about what you do on a day-to-day basis. So people who maybe haven't been introduced to you before get a sense of, who you are and how you're making things happen out there in the world, especially in the world of content marketing and working with, you know, a lot of CPG brands, working with other companies to really help them kind of understand their customers and create better content for them. You know, it's really interesting. I am actually in a place where I am starting to transition a little bit. I started with a lot of things that were rooted in like customer research and I still do that sort of thing. But let me see if I can give you the Reader's Digest condensed version here. Okay. Way back in the day, I, when I went plant-based, I started to blog about food. And then I got health coaching certification and started to health coach. At the same time, I was writing content to kind of pay the bills because health coaching is a hard sell where I am, which is upstate New York. And then at the beginning of 2020, right before the entire world exploded, I decided to merge the two and form a kind of health-focused content marketing business. It was under my old brand at the time, but then I launched a podcast and I thought, 
Modern Health Nerd is really a good name for this podcast. And I liked it so much, I wound up transitioning my whole business to that brand. I started out doing some basic content foundation sort of work with people, as well as doing some content writing. But I'm really a writer at heart. That's where I'm at. And right now, I really am doubling down on the long form written content. I think that there's a lot that brands can do with it that they're not doing. I think there's a lot that founders can do with it that they're not doing. And I'm starting to want to help people unlock that part of their content marketing more because I think that it can be a good driver for branding. It can be a good driver for customer connections, and it can be an extremely good driver for retention as well as just the foundation for all the rest of your content marketing. And I think brands can really leverage this well. So I'm I'm doubling down on that, especially the storytelling aspect and of course the health-focused aspect. Right now I work with a lot of CPG or DTC brands, but I'd also like to expand into tech companies and other companies that help these brands to reach more people and to do basically to do their jobs better. Perfect. Now, I love that overview because not only did you give us an example of you pivoting yourself, because I think for many of us, as we start our businesses, we start one place. And then over time, based on our interests, based on our exposure, maybe our clients, we do make shifts in our business and our brand. And I think that's an exciting thing. And sometimes it can be nerve wracking, like it can be like, uh. so I don't know if you felt that as you made those transitions. How did you feel about that kind of pivot and making that change? It is scary. It's kind of like, I just laid this foundation and I thought this is what I was going to do. And now I'm doing this other thing. But I have this not so secret secret that I talk about on podcasts for what's the underlying thing that runs my business. Uh, Years ago, I listened to a podcast. It's called Kingdom Writers. And it is actually for Christian book writers. But it was really interesting and informative in terms of marketing for uh, business owners. And she talked about having what she called the business meeting with God which is literally you just go and you pray about your business. And I've started doing that every week since I heard that podcast. And that has been helping me to transition and to know what direction to go in when I, during the week when I get bogged down in the admin stuff and I go, oh man, am I doing the right thing? Oop, touched my face and disappeared there. (laughs) I better not do that again. (laughs) So that's how I stay oriented. And that's how I've been able to handle this really uncertain period of going from what I was doing to this new frontier. Yeah. And I think all of us have been navigating that, not just as a collective group because of everything that's been happening kind of worldwide, but just in running a business itself, you're constantly, you know, faced with sometimes doubts, sometimes fears, sometimes just an overwhelming even excitement about what's next. And that like shifting between all those emotions at times can not only get a little exhausting, but it can be challenging if you don't have a methodology to help you go through it. So I'm really glad that you shared that with us. The other thing I want to kind of unpack and what you said kind of in the intro is I want to just break down content marketing because you were talking about long form content marketing. You know, you were talking about storytelling and there's so many different aspects to it. So if you had to give, you know, content marketing kind of like a short, quick description, what would you say it is just to make sure everyone kind of on the call not only knows what we're talking about, but also knows from your perspective how you define it? 
That's an interesting question because I'm not sure that there is one kind of one sentence definition to content marketing. It depends on, there are so many aspects to it. It depends on your business, your audience, and what you want to accomplish, which arm of it and aspect of it you really focus on. There is social media, obviously, which interestingly enough, I'm actually off of socials until the end of the year, at least, because social media is not really where my audience is at all the time. And it's also not, yeah, it can be toxic sometimes. So there's also that aspect of content marketing. What's good for your brain? I mean, can you handle it? And there's that other foundational piece is, are you a a small brand? Can you only handle one platform? So I would say that it's a combination of, first off, knowing your goals, And second off, knowing your customers and knowing your customers' goals. You need to know all of that. And you go from there. Do you want to use social media? Do you want to use video? Which social media platform do you use? And then you have the content that's on your website. Now, some of that is just for discoverability, like your product descriptions and your site copy. And then you have what I was talking about before, long-form content, which we also commonly know as blogs. Uh, And that is your written content form. So it can also be video content on a platform like YouTube. Again, it depends on where is your audience, who's their audience, what are they looking to achieve, and what are your goals as to which aspect of content marketing you're going to use. One thing that I do want to say is content marketing is not a sales pitch. Unless you are doing what's called bottom of the funnel content, where you are literally at the point where the customer is ready to buy and you just need to get them over that final conversion hurdle, It's not a sales pitch. People are not coming to blogs to read about a product specifically. They're not coming to your site initially, even sometimes to make a purchase. And they might not even be following your social media for that reason. I love to use Ourobora, the drink company, as an example. They have the most hysterical Instagram feed. And I would say maybe a third of it is product stuff. But the rest of it is stuff like frogs wearing fruit hats and giraffes breaking into cars. That is a way that is a way of audience engagement. Like I hate social media and I love their feed. So they, they've got something going there. And that's that's one other aspect is it puts your brand personality out there. So that's there's so many aspects to it. And I think that's the thing is for a lot of people, they feel a little bit lost because there are so many aspects. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to give a shout out to Laura. Um, Laura said so true on all fronts. Um, I think she was commenting when we were talking about that journey, that emotion, those fears, all that stuff Mm -hmm. that we were going through. So thanks, Laura, um, for chiming in. But I think when you're talking about content marketing or knowing your audience or your goals, I think for a lot of people, they don't know where to start. They don't know where they should dive in or they approach marketing really as a whole and even specifically content marketing with the idea that either they have to do everything that everyone else has done or there's the fear that they'll make a mistake. So then they still go down the everything path. (laughs) So I guess I wanted to maybe get some of your thoughts on where do you think people should start? If someone's just getting started with content marketing, or maybe they made the mistake where they're doing a lot more promotion than providing value, you know, where, if they want to kind of back up, if they want to kind of take a refresh, where should they start or what questions should they start asking themselves if they want to really kind of hone in on a really good strategy? Well, there are two foundational pieces. One is you need to know you and your brand and your company. And the other is you need to know your customers. 
I think the first piece people miss. I think they start a lot with their customers. As a matter of fact, sometimes people miss that piece too. But I don't think enough founders, enough business owners actually take a step back and say, why am I running this business? Why am I selling these products? What do I want to accomplish? What change, what impact do I want to make? And really review who they who they are at the core with their values and why they started their brand. And you can really get bogged down in the day-to-day, especially if you're doing retail and you're trying to juggle all that. And like you said, with everything, the way the world is right now, and you're trying to juggle supply chain, you can really get bogged down and forget why you're doing what you're doing. So I would say go and do a review of your own values and your own purpose and your own goals, what you really wanted to accomplish with your business. And then if you have already looked at your audience and done research, go back and review it. If you need to update it and refresh it, because your audience might've changed the audience you thought you were going to serve might not be the audience that you're serving now. If you have not done that, do it. That's actually one of the services that I still offer is a sort of customer research audience discovery service. And the reason I started doing that is because I think people will do these personas and it's just a persona on paper. And it's not really the way that people are thinking or talking. You might be selling one product and think that it's going to resonate with a certain audience, but then you find out something completely different and people are using your product in ways that you didn't expect. So start with that foundation and that will tell you the kind of language that you want to use, the topics to talk about, and also the platforms to be on. It will tell you, should I focus on video? If you have a team that's like you or like you and one other person, you cannot do everything. And I think I'll wrap up uh, with that is stop listening to everybody who tells you how to do things. Your brand is really unique. And yes, there are best practices, but you can't really make a mistake if you're doing your specific thing because that will attract your customers. Uh, To quote Seth Godin, people like us do things like this. You will attract the people who enjoy what you're doing. As I said before, Ouroboros is a great example. And I think sometimes there's a level of patience that's needed. I find sometimes when we're doing marketing or we're looking at what other people do, we feel like if I just did a post or I just did an article like that, if I was doing videos like that, then, you know, all of a sudden my business will change. You know, that that kind of big, not only brushstroke of kind of emulating someone else's success, but that also brushstroke of if I just do that one big post, it's going to change everything. And a lot of times I teach people how important it is to kind of build consistency in your messaging, making sure that people know you are talking to them and will continue to talk to them, not just shift to another strategy when they don't buy next week. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that because I think as entrepreneurs and business owners, sometimes we're under so much pressure to get things to work right away that sometimes people even struggle with content marketing because, you know, sometimes it will take some time to build that relationship, and also discover, like you said, what works. Content marketing is a long game. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. And it will take time. Sometimes you will strike it. I don't know if you want to call it lucky and something will go viral. But I actually wrote a post on this about specifically not going just for traffic. A lot of people, this is a mistake I see, is they'll make especially blog content written specifically for SEO, written specifically to boost their traffic. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with traffic, but if that traffic just comes and goes and doesn't convert, you just wasted a bunch of time and probably money because you probably hired an SEO agency to do it for you. I'm also not saying that all SEO is bad. It's not. You need some. You need some technical SEO. That's a completely different story. But if you are trying to go viral, it's a complete fool's errand. You cannot find the magical formula that will, I'm about to date myself, that will make you the next new Manuma guy. All the millennials in the audience just went. (laughs) So that is, it is a long game. And I'll say one other thing too is don't look at what everyone else is doing. I have a friend, uh, his name is Rob Hardy. He runs a great community called Ungated. He wrote a manifesto about how if we literally his manifesto is about how so many content creators follow a pattern on the internet that makes all the content the same you don't want to be that brand you want to be the brand that stands out you want to be you know look at look at midday squares i mean they post videos of themselves dancing with people at grocery stores i'm not saying do that i'm just saying they know that that's their brand voice maybe your brand voice is you go out into the street and throw product at people. I don't know what it is, but it has to be unique to you and also something that's really going to be interesting, useful, educational, entertaining, something to your specific customers. And it is, like you said, going to take some time to build that relationship and attract those people. And you just got to be be patient with it and don't think that because you are not on the first page of Google or you don't have a million Instagram followers, you're doing it wrong. If you have people who are coming to you and saying, I like your product, I think your content is great, or people who are asking you questions and they want to hear more from you, if you have 100 of those people and they're engaged, you're doing much better than having a million followers and like one person comments on your posts and never buys. So it's all perspective. Yeah. And I think sometimes people also struggle with, you know, the transparency they have to show up with or the authenticity that they have to show up with when they really get down deep into content. Because if you kind of do what someone else does, sometimes you get to hide behind it. You know what I mean? You can do the graphics, the photo, the shot, the things that you, okay, looks like someone else likes, but there's a difference of stepping out on your own. There's a difference of stepping out and being you. And sometimes being a little bit different than the norm can be scary for a lot of people. A lot of people struggle with it because they feel so almost exposed. So instead, they'll take either another person's persona over and into their content marketing, or what they'll do is they'll hide behind those best practices so that they're shielded and protected. I don't know if you've experienced this. I see this a lot, and especially really much smaller businesses, a lot of solopreneurs, you know, a lot of people who are in those beginning stages of their business. And what they're trying to do is they're like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be in the videos. I don't want to write the videos. I just want someone else to do it. Someone else can just write it and figure it out. But they do a, you know, I see someone else do it. So I will do it too kind of approach. And it's, and it's almost a little bit of a security metric or protective shield. I don't know. Have you seen that with any of your customers? Have you seen people do that? I do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is something I struggle with. So I will be like speaking of being authentic and open. I'll say a couple of things about authenticity. One, you can't fake it. People are talking about authenticity as a marketing tool now. You cannot fake it. And this is one of the reasons I've gone off social media for now, at least, is everybody is trying to be authentic using a framework they got from LinkedIn best practices. It doesn't work that way. 
Um, but I do struggle with this. I have some opinions and some things that I know are not the same as the prevailing narratives in some of the circles that I run in. And I know that some of them are not popular. And I will sit down to write a post or I'll sit down now to write like a blog post. And I'll start getting into it and find myself pulling back. And it's like, no, this is who I am. And this is what I what needs to be said from my perspective. And I'm not saying everything has to be some big controversial thing. But your brand is your brand and you are you. And this is why I am really doubling down on the idea of storytelling and of founders and brands telling their stories and being okay with sharing behind the scenes. I actually did a LinkedIn live series called Founder Stories. And I would ask people, you know, what were your failures and wins? What was it really like? And with customers, your customer facing content, I don't think you have to hide that stuff. People are more interested in other people than they are in another faceless brand trying to get them to buy stuff. I recently realized that the vast majority of marketing is your ba is basically it intrudes on people's time and tries to get them to do things they don't want to do instead of like you said building a relationship with people by just being you and being interesting. Um, I like to use the Hoplark drink brand as an example here. Their entire Twitter feed says tweet. That's all they ever tweet. So if you're scrolling through your Twitter feed, you just see tweet and they have a really interesting brand personality. They're always coming up with unique and new products to try. They're offering new experiences to their customers based on customer demand. And they have some really good artwork too, which even, even your packaging can be content marketing if you do it right. So just be, be what and who you are. It comes back to that foundational uh, knowing about your brand and your values and putting that out there. And if you if you are afraid, I mean, maybe get a business coach, get get somebody who will be able to help you get out of that box. Um, I'm kind of going to start pioneering a new service about content coaching that maybe I could talk about a little later, but you could get somebody to help you talk through those things and understand what you want to say and how you want to say it. Yeah, I think that's great advice because often I feel that you know, it's hard to make that step forward. It's hard to kind of open up because, you know, the internet and social media isn't always a safe space. You know, there will be people who will, you know, have something to say about your hair, your lipstick, your this, your that, you know, just stuff <laughs> that has nothing to do with your content, has nothing to do with anything, but it can start to wear on you because, especially, you know, for a lot of our clients, a lot of our followers, you know, they're trying to help the world. They're trying to change the world. They're trying to, you know what I mean, save animals. They have these really specific things that they're trying to do, kind of even overarching in their, you know, in their kind of passion for driving change, getting that feedback, whether sometimes it's constructive or most of the time where it's just kind of random feedback, it can make someone shy away from opening up make them shy away from that behind the scenes and make them a little bit less open and a little bit more cautious. And I find for a lot of people, they really, really, really need, um, you know, need a push. And even sometimes when I talk with people, I don't know if this comes up for you as well, is often I'll tell people to just make that one step. Start with a story that you've already told publicly. Start with something that you might have shared publicly. And by sharing that, in your business space, you're already sharing something that it's not so much private to you. You just may not have shared it with your brand. You know what I mean? You might have shared it with your inner circle of friends or shared it in Facebook, 
it's still public, even though it's in your profile on Facebook. And I kind of teach people to take that first step. One thing I just wanted to, I saw Ellen jumped in with a comment or a question. She said she keeps being told that I have to do videos according to SEO topics. Question, not so much. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I have a couple really quick. You can get more traffic if you just go on SEO. Now, if some of those SEO topics are very pertinent to your audience and they are questions that your audience has asked or they're topics that your audience has talked about, by all means, go ahead. But if you're just doing it because it's ranking and because it, it, you know somebody told you that it's going to get you a lot of traffic and a lot of visibility, if it's not in line with your audience and your brand, or if it's not something that you would have talked about, if it's not an SEO topic, don't do it because that robs you of the authenticity and it launches you back into that pattern where you're just doing what everyone else is doing. So ask those questions to yourself. Is it, is it pertinent to my audience? Is it pertinent to me? And would I make this content even if it wasn't an SEO topic? If you can say yes, then go ahead and do the SEO video. If you say no to any of those, don't do it. And one thing I do sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this, is where I layer strategies. You know, I think sometimes we do an all or nothing approach, meaning we do all SEO content as opposed to saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to have some core content that maybe I put out that's around some of these SEO topics. And like you said, because they are relevant to my audience, but not everything I do is SEO or not even 80% of what I do is going to be SEO. I may do 40% of content that's SEO based. And then I'm going to do another 40% that I know is not SEO, but is really customer specific. It's questions I get asked. It's the things that I get feedback on. And therefore I put that in. And then I have another layer on top where I may want to expand people's perspective. So it's never going to be SEO because it's not what people are looking for necessarily, but because they want me to help them expand on their ideas and their approaches, I need a level of content that helps them reach and be aspirational. Have you ever done that where you kind of have that kind of layered approach to your content as opposed to like trying to go like all one direction versus another? I don't think I've found that balance yet, but I do see the value in it because there will be SEO topics that resonate with your audience and that will help you get some more traffic. And it'd be more quality if it's stuff that they actually want to hear about and read about. And you're talking about expanding people's perspectives or getting a conversation started. That's more what we would call the thought leadership kind of content. And that's where I'm really doubling down on the tell your story, talk about your brand, talk about what your values are and what you think is important. That's great stuff. And I think a lot of brands are missing that Um, or they're, you know, it's just they thought leadership gets thrown around a lot and not defined, but definitely making sure that you check tick all the boxes in something that is going to be helpful, especially in light of Google's latest update, which is actually called the helpful content update. They are outright saying write for people don't write for search engines. And I don't know how they're going to enforce that. I don't understand exactly how like their AI and machine learning works, but keep that in mind. I, I say to people, think to yourself, am I going to be proud of this content in 10 years? Like, would I want to share this with my family and friends as something that I had created? Do I feel comfortable with this as something that I'm putting out there? Or is this just going to be kind of like that, you know, I, I put it out there because it was trending. And like a month later, I look at it and go, oh, so <laughs> think, think yeah. about that. And I know exactly what you mean. Like we were doing a lot more SEO and kind of 
tiptoeing kind of into that space to see how much SEO content we want to create. And one thing that I struggled with is we had to do this one article. We were talking about vegan businesses and like vegan ice cream was a like SEO term. And I was like, well, I don't know how to keep working vegan ice cream into this mix when the content doesn't really flow. I'm not talking about vegan ice cream. I don't want people who are looking for ice cream to come to our site because they'll be disappointed. <laughs> but the idea is it's a highly searched term. So we kept wrestling with the idea of like, how do we balance this article with things that are searched for versus what is really content, like you said, that if I read this article a year from now, two years from now, would I be proud of it? Or would it just kind of sound like, what direction was I going in? <laughs> like, where's the continuity with all these, you know, terms and, and words in it? Um, so I'm really glad you said that. Ellen, let, let us know if we answered your question. I just wanted to get back to you on that. If you do have a follow-up, just let me know because we are going to be probably wrapping up the session soon. And I just want to make sure that we address it. Ellen, thanks so much. Ellen said, um, you know, good advice. You know, writing for people, what a concept. <laughs> Am I going to be proud of this in 10 years? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so absolutely. I think those are really, really key because I think when we start to make our brand either that generic version of it or just do what other people do, sometimes we'll look at that content and say, well, that's not me. And I think that disconnect customers will feel and, and your feel as well. So as we're wrapping up today's session, walk me through what other changes you're making in your business. We always love to talk about pivoting. We always talk about, you know, some of the challenges we all face as business owners because it allows us to kind of share as a corrective group, you know, the ups and downs of what we're going through. So is there anything you want to share as far as pivots, changes that's been happening kind of in your landscape or in your business or brand? Well, I think I touched on a couple of them. One is really doubling down on being a writer. And that does not just encompass writing content. I also am a creative writer and uh, I've been trying to double down on my own creative and especially personal writing. I just recently launched a personal essay newsletter on Substack. And I want to use that a little bit more and start to bringing that, bring that under the umbrella of my business because I am really a writer of that kind of thing at heart too. I think that all kinds of stories are really important, including our own personal memories. And like you were saying, things that help people to expand their perspectives or think in a different perspective. I don't think that gets shared a lot. And I want to say very quickly in terms of everything with content marketing, remember when blogging first launched, it was stuff like live journal and open diary and people were just talking about their lives. There are still blogs out there like that. So I'm not saying necessarily turn your brand blog into a personal blog, but think about that a little bit. And that might help you with the authenticity of that. Um, the other thing I think really is that exit from social media. I legit the other day archived and deactivated the Twitter account that I have had since 2010. And the other day I archived and deleted my Instagram account. Again, that's the second time I've done that. And I haven't touched Facebook to any extent in over, I think a year and a half, except for like using Messenger. And it feels so good. It feels so good to not be on social media because like you said, it can just become this hot mess after a while. And so that pivot right now is discovering what can I do instead? Because honestly, social media was like zero ROI for me. I have a really, I have to say LinkedIn helped me build a really good network and I love my LinkedIn network, great people. But as far as actually converting in terms of actual business, not so much. 
So I'm looking now, what is my, what is my pivot? What am I going to do? Am I going to do more stuff like this? Am I going to join communities? What's it going to look like? So those are the biggest changes. And, you know, there's just admin stuff like updating your website and going back and thinking to myself, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? And where does my messaging need to change for that? Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's, there's times when we do have to take a step back. Um, I think there's definitely times we either reevaluate. And also I think sometimes we spread ourselves too thin. And we have to say sometimes, okay, I'm on too many platforms. I'm not getting that ROI. What do I do? Now, I'm not always a huge fan of deactivating. Sometimes what I'll say is just go on a lighter touch point. You know, if you're not getting results and you shouldn't be posting five days a week, <laughs> you could even post once a week and still maintain the account and give yourself space. So a lot of times I tell people it's okay to post less because I, I think sometimes we feel the pressure as if, you know, we have to post every hour on the hour, otherwise won't be big. So I'm really glad you talked about that. So let's make sure that if people want to learn more about what you do, if people want maybe some of your support or your services, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you, whether it's website, email, what's the best avenue? Well, you can check out my website. That's just modernhealthnerd.com. If you want to see some of what I do and you there, I have a section that's called learn stuff and you can see my blog you can see the podcast that i used to do you can also check out these the copy needs some updating it's got kind of my old services on there i still do some of them but if you have any direct questions feel free to email me sam sam at modernhealthnerd.com and if you're struggling with content i am pioneering that content coaching service so if that sounds interesting you just need somebody to bounce ideas off of or ask questions send me an email and we'll see what we can do perfect well thank you so much for having or taking the time, I should say, to chit chat with me today. Thank you so much for allowing me to just ask you a ton of questions. And what I always love to do is ask people kind of a nice wrap up question as we kind of um, in today's interview around, you know, just reflecting, especially as we're getting towards the end of the year. You know, is there any kind of big learning that you had this year? Any type of growth that you've experienced, whether it's personal or even in your business? that you would like to share with other people to either inspire them to persevere if they're having some challenges, or do you have anything that you feel like, if I had known this a year ago, I would have had so much more clarity <laughs> that you think you would share with someone that maybe someone who's listening today, it might help them move forward or help them make progress in their business. I think the biggest thing I have to go back to saying is learning and embracing the fact that I am a writer and I'm a creative person at heart. And to extrapolate that to other people, if there is something that is really banging away at your heart or in your head, and you know that that is what you do, and that is what you are good at, and that is what you have been gifted to do, don't push it down. I pushed it down for a long time. And I realized recently that I need that in my life. I need, if even if it's not in my business, I need that creativity in my life. It's where I feel engaged. It's where I feel alive. It's where I feel like I am doing what I was made to do. So if you have something like that, either incorporate it into your business or make time for it in your life. And I think that it is really game changing. Perfect. Well, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you, everyone who joined us live. Thank you so much for your questions. And also for anyone who watches this as a replay or if you're listening to this on our podcast, we love, love, love to hear from you. We love to hear what you thought about today's conversation or if it inspired you or 
if you want to share a piece of content that you've been working on, just drop it in the comments um, because it's just always great for all of us to share, to talk about our growth and also kind of support each other in this community. So thank you, thank you so much, Teresa Sam, for joining me today. And we will wrap up today's interview and I'll see everyone in the next one. Bye everyone. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session. So I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.